Hola y bienvenidos a Sex and Spanglish, where we empower mujeres to get in touch with their bodies, own their pleasure, and where we discuss all the cochinadas our abuelas didn't tell us about. Hi all, my name is Ana, a certified sex coach who is earning a master's in social work and human sexualities education. I created this podcast as a way to start a conversation about sex in the Latin community because, let's be real, we don't talk about sex in our communities. It is my vision to have La Familia Latina discussing sex with one another, just like they do with chisme. Bienvenida a la bonus episode. So as I mentioned in episode one, I'm going to give you a little history lesson on the casta system and how it still impacts us today. And if this is your first time here, go ahead and listen to episode one before you listen to this bonus episode, because you might be a little bit confused why this episode isn't about sex. But if you listen to episode one, welcome back. I'm going to talk to you about the casta system as promised. Um, so we were talking about in episode one about racism and anti-blackness in la comunidad latina. And you're probably like, well, like, how did we get here? Like, where did all this ingrained racism come from? Uh, where did all this anti-blackness begin? Well, it all started with this little white man named Columbus. And I'm sure many of you heard of him, if not all of you. So Columbus spread the word to the Spanish and the Portuguese about the riches and what he referred to as timid natives, right? So he went and he told the Spanish and the Portuguese, like, oh, there's a ton of riches here and there's timid natives like living there. So the Spanish and the Portuguese wanted to go see for themselves. So in 1914, the Spanish and the Portuguese signed a treaty called the Treaty of Tordesillas. So this treaty drew a line on the border of Brazil and it went north and south through the Americas. So everything to the left of the border of Brazil was Spain's to explore and everything to the right belonged to Portugal. And Hernán Cortés, a Spanish conquistador, entered the quote-unquote new land from what is now, what is present-day Veracruz, Mexico. So he enters with 600 men. And from there, he makes his way to present-day Mexico City, which at that time was Tenochtitlan. And on the way there, he keeps hearing from the native Aztecs about Montezuma II and how horrible he is. And he convinces those natives to join his army. And by the time he gets to Tenochtitlan, he has an army full of natives. So he has about 20,000 extra people with him, willing to fight with him and for him. And when Cortes and his men get there, they're astonished at the sight of Tenochtitlan. They're horrified by their human sacrifices that are being made, and they're intrigued by the wealth of the Aztec Empire. So fast forward to 1521. Montezuma II has died, and smallpox and the other European diseases and illnesses that the Europeans brought over have killed off a majority of the native population. And with the help of the allies Cortes had gained along his journey, the Tenochtitlan falls. And they then build Mexico City on top of those ruins. So Tenochtitlan becomes present-day Mexico City. And to the natives' dismay, the Spanish were far worse leaders than Montezuma II ever was. Now, this story took, takes place in Mexico, but there are similar stories with other Spanish leaders 
that happened in other areas of Latin America. So this isn't just a problem for present-day Mexico. And this is an important point because the Spanish helped spread the anti-Blackness that exists in the U.S., Mexico, and Latin America today. And allow me to explain how. So moving forward to the 1600s, the population went from 20 million to 2 million, an 18 million person difference. And this was due to violence and largely because of smallpox and the other European diseases that were brought over with Hernán Cortés and his men. So they decided to bring in enslaved Africans. Now, Spanish America, which is present-day Mexico, has Black individuals living there. So for those of you that still believe that um, some Latin American individuals, um, in, you know, including Mexicans, don't have um, Black roots or there are certain people that don't have Black heritage or roots just because they're quote-unquote Latino, there you have it. Like, they do exist. I know that this is very recent, that um, Latin American countries and Mexico have been, you know, um, saying that, you know, recognizing that there are Latinos that also have a Black heritage. And I know that the that it's more so on the rise now that we're recognizing this, but there's still a lot of people that believe that, no, that, like, how did that happen or, you know, whatever. So there's your proof. So fast forwarding to the 17th and 18th centuries, Spanish America began using the term gastas to describe people in the post-conquest. So Spanish women were not brought to the New World. They were not brought from Spain to um, Latin America. And so who else are the Spanish going to have sex with but the natives that are there, right? And the African slaves. So the Spanish had sex with both African and native women with and without consent. And Africans and natives also were having sex. So this created a bunch of um, different um, mixes of individuals as far as ethnicity goes. Um, so they were So these new people were categorized based on assimilation to the land. So there were two categories. So there was gente de razón, who were the Hispanics, which are, you know, the Spanish of Spanish descent. Um, and there were the gente sin razón, the non-acculturated natives. So think about it. You were either Spanish and you were gente de razón, so you were right, or you are non-acculturated native, so you are a gente sin razón and wrong. People, you know, with and without reason. If you didn't, quote unquote, belong to the Hispanic community, you were wrong. Like, how fucked up is that? The natives and the Africans were naturally darker people, and they also held their own cultural beliefs. So if they kept these, they were considered wrong by the Spanish. Are you starting to see how these words perpetuate anti-Blackness in our culture? So the characteristics and qualities of these castas were based on birthplace, color, race, origin of ethnic types. And they were also social racial classifications that affected economics, taxation, and the lower socially racial castes were expected to pay more to the church. So if you were closer to the African and native lineage, like the closer you were, the more you were expected to pay despite not having as much money as the rest. Sound familiar? 
So this was used for social control and determining a person's importance in society. So their value was based on their ethnicity or their race or their lineage. And there were four main categories. The peninsular, which were Spaniard and Spain-born. There was the criollo or the criolla, and they were Spain descent, but born in the new world. So their parents were from Spain. So think like kind of like first generation. Indio or India, sound familiar? They were descended of native inhabitants. And the negra or the negro were African descent, and they were slave or free descendants of slaves. And following that, there were 16 casta combos. There was the mestizo, Castizo, Espanol, Mulato, Lobo, Saltaatra, Chino, Morisco, Cribaro, Albarazado, Cambujo, Calma, Calpa, Mulato. And these last three, you have to pay close attention to. These were the, the lowest of the low, if you will. So they were the closest to the native and African roots as you could get as far as mixing. So the third to last one is tente en el aire, which means floating in the air. These were considered an undefinable identity, basically saying you don't fit here. The second to the last was the no te entiendo, which means if you don't speak Spanish, I don't understand you. So that's basically saying like, why would you want to do this? Like, I don't understand why you would want to have this lineage, right? And the very last one was the torna atrás, turn back, which to me is similar to mejorar la raza, right? So these are all the names that these were given were basically a way to put a value on a person simply based on their lineage and the color of their skin. Las sistemas del casta still have an impact on present day Mexico and Latin America how the countries are run, how they treat their people based on skin color, and how the people of those countries treat one another based on skin color. And these systems also impact the US. 59.9 million Latinos live in the US. That's 18.3% of the population. And there's likely more because the census doesn't know how to categorize us because apparently we're too fucking difficult, but that's for another podcast. So with all these Latinos in the US, we bring our cultures and we bring our beliefs. We bring our tacos, pupusas, arepas, empanadas. We bring cumbia, salsa, merengue, bachata. Um, we also bring colorism and anti-blackness. And it was already here. And again, that's a topic for another podcast or another episode. But we also perpetuate those beliefs by the things that we say and the things that we do. And this stems from the casta system our ancestors were exposed to. So as Latinos living in the U.S., we want our people to be treated fairly, yet we continue to perpetuate the discrimination of other groups of color, especially Black folks. So how do we expect to be treated like humans when we aren't doing the same to others and even to our own people who also have black lineage? So where do we go from here? Many Latinos might be scared to speak out publicly against racism. They may fear that they'll be disowned by their family or their friends. And what I would ask you is, do you want people like that in your life? And maybe you do, and that's okay. 
but you have to recognize that that's something that you're going to have to deal with. If you don't support anti-blackness and you don't support racism, but estás, estás soportando la familia o los amigos that do, then there's a disconnect there. And you're gonna have this inner turmoil as long as you don't address these things. Latinos might also um, be scared to speak out publicly against racism because of retaliation against your family, friends, or even yourself. I understand that citizenship and deportation, you know, those things can be um, can be used as scare tactics, you know, against against us and things like that. And I totally get that. But you don't have to speak out publicly against racism. You don't have to be this social justice warrior just to get, just to be uh, helpful. You know, you can have these hard conversations at home. You can support Black-owned businesses. You can donate to organizations fighting anti-racism. Your support does not have to be plastered all over social media or, you know, wherever. That's not the point. You're not doing it for show. You're doing it so that we can dismantle these systems. And if you want to talk to your friends and family about this, but are having trouble finding the words, please reach out to me uh, via email at sexandspanglish at gmail.com, or you can DM me on Instagram at sexandspanglish, and I will help you get your words together. I'm not charging you for this. I'm not selling anything. I really think it's important to have these conversations, and I understand that they can be hard. I understand that they can be scary. So if you really, really want to have this conversation, but you know, you're like, oh, I need to practice or, you know, whatever, you just want to um, talk it over with somebody. I'm open to that. Just, you know, reach out to me and we can have that conversations. And if you have any questions about sex, because this is a sex podcast, DM me on IG at sex and Spanglish, or you can email me at sex and Spanglish at gmail.com. Gracias por escuchar. If you're here, it's because you listened to my bonus episode on the Casta system. I appreciate you listening, especially because this episode really wasn't about sex. As a token of my appreciation, I want to send you a special gift. So if you'd like to receive the special gift, go ahead and go to the show notes for this episode and click on the link there. If you'd like a question answered on the podcast, send me an email at sexandspanglish at gmail.com. Join me every week to hear me talk about orgasms, STIs, birth control, and all the other cochinadas your abuelas didn't tell you about. Until then, be sure to follow me on Instagram for weekly topics and updates. And if you want chisme before anyone else and early access to freebies, be sure to sign up for my email list. Simply head to the link tree located in my bio on Instagram and click on email me the chisme. My link tree is also where you can get more information about how you can get personalized coaching from a Latina certified sex coach who can help you navigate your culture and your sexuality sin vergüenza. Instagram is where you'll find me discussing sex and my other passions, food, social justice, y Latinidad. It's also where you can access my Facebook and Twitter accounts. Make sure to follow me and leave me a comment on my social media platforms to let me know you heard this. Espero verte pronto.